0: Matthew 22:34 through 40. But when the Pharisees heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they gathered themselves together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Love your neighbor as you love yourself is a very radical commandment. Very, very radical what I mean when I use the word radical is that this commandment, when Jesus speaks it into our life, cuts right to the root. That's where we get the word radical, right to the root of sinning and exposes the root and by God's grace, severs the root. That's my prayer that 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 will happen this morning, that that this commandment will go right to the root of our sinning. It will expose the root. It will sever the The root. Now what's the root of all sinning? The root of all sinning is the desire to be happy apart from God and apart from the good of others in God. The root of all sinning is the desire to be happy apart from God and apart from other people's happiness in God. And when Jesus speaks, love your neighbor as you love yourself, he cuts right to the root of that sinning. There's another name for it. This root is called pride. Pride is the presumption that I can be happy leaving God out of account, And leaving the good of other people's out of account. I can be happy. Don't need God. Don't need the good of other people. Just need me. Other people can be good to me. But I don't need to be good to them. And I don't need God. That's the essence of pride. Here's another way to say it. Pride is the passion for happiness. Contaminated and corrupted by two things. The unwillingness to see God as the fountain of all joy, true and lasting. And secondly, it's corrupted and contaminated by the unwillingness to see others as designed by God to be recipients of our joy in God. If you take the desire for happiness and you strip away from it God is the fountain of that happiness and people as the recipients of that happiness all you have left is pride and therefrom come all sins all sins come from that and Jesus speaks the word into that and cuts right to the heart of that root with this commandment Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now how does he do that? He starts with what is true of everybody in this room. Self-love. Everybody in this room, without exception, loves yourself. Everybody in this room has an impulse of self-preservation and self-fulfillment and self-enhancement. Every one of you longs for food to be on your table today and tomorrow and the next day. Everybody in this room desires to have clothes upon your back and not to be shamed by nakedness. Everybody in this room has a desire for a place to sleep tonight that is safe and comfortable. And tomorrow night and the next night. And you will have that desire till you die. Everybody in this room wants a few friends who will take some time with you. So that you can enjoy them and they can enjoy you. Everybody in this room right now wants your life to count a little bit, at least in some way or other. Wants your life to count for something above just the gut. You want your life to count a little bit. You all, without exception, love yourself. You have this passion to be happy, passion to be fulfilled, passion for things to go right, passion not to be rejected by others, passion to be significant, satisfied, secure, in danger, and fulfilled. You love yourself. There is no exception in this room. And even if you are contemplating suicide, that's true of you. Pascal said, all people are driven by a desire for happiness, even those who commit suicide. And the more you think about it, the more you realize. That's true. What is suicide? God has spared us more than, I think maybe I could count, four or five in the last 15 years of people whose funerals I've had to do because of suicide. And I've walked with their family afterwards, and I've walked with them into it. And what I have learned, and it doesn't take any great learning to know this, is that suicide is the climax of a darkening, an overwhelming numbing out of depression in which... The hopelessness and the darkness and the blankness of life and future becomes so intense that whatever is beyond the grave, your mind tells you, it couldn't be worse than this and therefore I don't know what that will be, but I know what I'm escaping and I'm out of here. And that is self-love to the core. It's self-love. It is an escape from misery. Tragic thing. Everybody in this room loves himself. And Jesus says, I'm going to start where you are right now. That's what he says. I'm going to start there because there's no argument here. I don't need to make any case for this. I just assume it as you love yourself. No matter how distorted or disfigured that is, everybody in this room loves himself or herself. How you would scrape How you would run if you knew there was a bomb about to go off in this room. You love yourself. You do. And Jesus starts there. And he says, I have something to make of that. I have something to do with that now. I'm going to take that and I'm going to measure something by that. So own up to that. Be ready now to use That. Lest you misunderstand, I think he would say, and by the way, that's not bad. That's a given with your humanity before the fall into sin. Before the fall into sin, you wanted food when you got hungry. You wanted clothes when you got cold. You wanted friends. You wanted your life to count. That's not evil. Self-love, as I've just defined it, is not an evil. It's a given. It's like a growling stomach when you've missed three meals. That's all it is. It's a given. Whether it is evil, whether it has been contaminated and corrupted, will now be measured as you hear what Jesus makes of it and how you respond to that. This commandment is a testing. It is a litmus paper of whether the self-love in your life has been distorted and corrupted and contaminated. So give heed and test yourself. He commands, as you love yourself, so love your neighbor as you long for food when you are hungry, so long that your neighbor have food when he is hungry hungry. As you long for nice clothes upon your body, so long that your neighbor have nice clothes upon his or her body, too. As you long for a comfortable place to live that is secure from the elements, so long that your neighbor would have a place to live that is secure and comfortable. As you long for safety and security in the midst of calamity and crisis, So long that others have safety and security in the midst of their calamity and crisis. As you desire to have friends, so befriend another. As you long for your life to count, labor to help other people's lives count. And as you long to make good grades in school, students help that other person make good grades who is having trouble with algebra 1 or geometry or writing a clear sentence or whatever it is, don't just say, it's okay for me to want to make good grades. Yes, and Jesus makes that the measure of your labor to help another make good grades as well. As you would that men would do to you, so do to them. This word as is really big. This little word is very, very radical. As you love yourself and all we do, don't, don't sit there saying, oh, I've got to learn to love myself. I've got to learn to love myself. That's psychologizing that this command has nothing to do with Jesus' intention here. Nothing. You love yourself. That's the reality that Jesus is dealing with. You will not cross the lane and hit anybody head on on the way home. You will stop at red lights. You will eat this afternoon. You will go to bed tonight. You will not. You will do a thousand things in this next week to take care of yourself. Don't let anybody tell you you don't love yourself. You love yourself aplenty. And all that passion to make yourself secure and to make yourself happy. And your stumbling efforts to be self-enhanced. Now Jesus takes and makes it the measure of your love. For others it is an awesome word, this word as it doesn't just mean like I was just saying, give to others the same things that you want for yourself. It also means go about that in the same way that you go about it for yourself. If you have energy in the pursuit of your own well-being and your own happiness, then use energy in the pursuit of the well-being of others. If you have creativity in the pursuit of your own well-being, then use creativity in the pursuit of the well-being of others. If you have perseverance and unrelenting zeal in the pursuit of your own well-being, then use perseverance and unrelenting zeal in your pursuit of the well-being of others. This is a big word. As. That is a big, big word and therefore on the way over here this morning as i was walking with uh, philemon young and he said i'm really looking forward to the second half of this sermon and i said there were a lot of labor pains yesterday over this sermon love your neighbor as you love yourself is an awesome commandment," and he said it sounds impossible and I said, I'll meet you halfway through the sermon on that point and we're there. Does it feel that way to you like it does to me? I, I hear Jesus say this and I say, Jesus, I don't know if this is right, but what I feel when you say to me, love my neighbor with the same energy, with the same creativity, with the same perseverance that I pursue My house, my clothes, my food, my toys, my leisure, my health, my friends, my well-being, my vacations, my significance. I feel like what you're really saying is pursue that for them instead of pursuing it for me. Which means my happiness is really being preempted here by their happiness. And there's going to be no future in this life if I follow this. And I think that sense of fear, that sense of threat, that sense of feeling overwhelmed by being cut off by this command and brought to nothing by it and fear by it is exactly where Jesus wants us right now in this sermon. He wants us right there before we wiggle out of this. Or soar out of this. What does he mean? I've said that it's inborn. I want to be happy. I don't want to die prematurely. I want to be invested significantly in some ministry. I I want my family to be healthy. I want to be healthy. I like having friends. Are you really saying, Jesus, that when anybody comes along with a claim on this, that their claim preempts my desire and takes it for them? I think right at this point, Jesus would say, you're feeling the right thing if you only read the second commandment. And precisely for this devastating sense of helplessness and overwhelmingness and threatenedness that you feel right now, I have given you the first commandment first. The first commandment is, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. That is the first commandment on which the second commandment is based as we saw last week in which it is rooted and from which it draws up its life and strength as we saw two weeks two weeks ago before you make your own self-seeking self-love the measure of your self-giving which is what the second commandment says you are to do make your own self-seeking, the measure of your self-giving. Before you do that, Jesus says, make God the focus of your self-seeking. Let me say that again, because that's right at the crux and heart of what I want to say. Before you make your self-seeking, the measure of your self-giving, second commandment, Make God the focus of your self-seeking. And then, when you undertake to make your self-seeking the measure of your self-giving, this self-seeking will have been transposed and transformed into God-seeking. And the results will be a profound resourcefulness contentment and satisfaction let's just take the three words one at a time in the first commandment love the Lord your God with all your heart what does that mean it means turn to God set your fixed eyes on God's glorious grace power and wisdom and manifold perfections and bask in it till that glory so satisfies your heart that there is no nook and cranny in your heart where there is no satisfaction in God. Love God with all your heart means so embrace God, so receive God, so taste God, so smell the aroma and fragrance of God that your heart is filled with God as the satisfaction of your heart. And there's nothing left but satisfaction in your heart. Love your God with all your soul means look to God and find in Him a significance and a meaning for life that is so deep and so profound that your soul has no corner where God's riches and God's depth and God's significance is not filling. And love God with all your mind means look to God and find in Him experience. Expanses and stretches of wisdom and knowledge and insight so that there is an ample terrain for your whole mind and all that was ever designed for to run its course and be totally satisfied in God's resources of wisdom and resources of knowledge and resources of insight. That's what the human mind was made for, to see God everywhere and to penetrate into the Godness of all things. However, God relates to them. And so Jesus says, go to the first commandment and turn your inborn longing for safety and security and significance and joy and hope. Turn it into a questing for God. Find God in Jesus Christ. Let Him satisfy all of that longing so that now your self-love is God-love. God's will for you this morning is that the form of your self-seeking be God-seeking. His will for you this morning is that the form of your self-love become God. God love, that all of our craving that we call self love be satisfied on God and become a God love. And then from that point we will be able to move back to the second commandment less threatened, less overwhelmed. Less feelings of this will never, ever, ever, ever work. So what is the second commandment to mean? Then? What does it mean? Our self-love is transformed into God love and then becomes the measure and the content of our neighbor love. Let me give you some examples to show you what I mean. If you are, according to the first commandment, yearning and longing for more satisfaction in the liberality and the generosity of God to you in supplying rent or clothes or whatever, then to see that expand and to feel your heart expand in satisfaction in God. Extend that liberality and that generosity from God into the lives of others as, as you have sought it and found it in Jesus. Or if you want to enjoy some more of God's compassion that comes to you through consolations in the midst of any sorrow that you have. If you want to feel His compassion expand in your life so that you can have more full, deep enjoyment of God's compassion on you in your sorrow, let that compassion expand into another person's life as you have received it and found it in God for yourself. Or if you want to find more of God's wisdom and enjoy it and savor it and love it, Wisdom is shown to you through counsel in the midst of stressful relationships, like a marriage relationship. If you want to know more of God like that, then extend that counsel and that wisdom into the life of another person in their stressed out relationships. And watch your own joy in God's counsel expand as it reaches into the life of another person. Or, if you want to see and enjoy and feel more of God's goodness in relaxed Times of leisure. Suppose you're like like a student. When I was in school as a student, I loved Fridays. Fridays. Ah. Freedom. Coming. It feels so good. Friday. Friday was even better than Saturday. Isn't this strange? Hope seemed better than reality. Because you had to take out the garbage and cut the grass before you could play ball. But Friday... It was over. It's almost over, and you could taste it. And if you long in your life to experience the goodness of God, and God is good, He believes in rest. He believes in leisure. If you desire to feel more of that dimension of God's goodness, filling your life with good times of leisure, remember, you can have more of God's goodness in that as you extend that desire and that longing into somebody's stressed-out life who also needs their kids cared for for a day. So they don't go under your joy in God's fullness of kindness in providing leisure to you will not be constricted and threatened and diminished by expanding it into the life of another person who also wants that leisure. It will be enlarged that way. The second commandment really is the fulfillment of the first Or if you want more of God's saving grace, you want to see more saving power in your life extended into the life of others. If you want to see God as a friend and enjoy his personal friendship more than you presently do, and you want your heart to be filled and your soul to be filled and your mind to be filled with the friendliness of God. Take what you know of it and the joy you have in it. And with it, befriend some who probably is desperate for that far more than you are. And you know what will happen? Your enjoyment of God's friendliness to you will not be lessened because you've given it away. It will expand because you've given it away. In all these ways, neighbor love, neighbor love does not threaten or diminish self-love. Because self-love has been transposed, like music gets transposed, transposed into God-love, and God-love is never exhausted. Ever. It's never threatened. Never runs out. Now, I'm almost done. But let me warn you, I, I when I say these things, I, I'm so keenly aware that I have not solved all the problems that we face in loving. The perplexities. I feel sometimes overwhelmed by the ambiguities and the perplexities of love. Competing claims. Competing claims on your life. You've got five people who want one hour. You have one hour for five people who want one hour. What do you do? Or hard choices. About what you give up and what you keep. Do you keep anything? Do you just die? This is hard. Or interpretations. What is good for Tim Nellie? What's good for Tim? What's good for Tim? What's good? Who, Who decides? What I'm saying is, while I believe I am right at the heart of a glorious way of life, Satisfied in God, spilling over through the second commandment to love people the way we are now seeking our own satisfaction in God. I'm not solving every problem. But I'm saying this, and I believe this with all my heart, though I struggle to experience it fully. Loving God with all your heart and soul and mind and being content in him is the sustaining grace and the power underneath all the perplexities of life. All the perplexities of love. So that when there's a major sacrifice that you're called upon to give and you're not sure to what extent the sacrifice should be, in all that ambiguity, I say, God's grace is sufficient. And I love his grace. And there I rest. I plead my cause. Or if I come, I'm walking down the road of love and there's a fork in the road and there's no sign. There's no sign. At that point, I say God's grace is sufficient for me. And I, best of my ability, make a choice on the road and I say, God's grace, God's grace. Commandment number one, I come to you, Lord. You're my whole satisfaction. I don't know whether there will be reward this way, but you, there's always reward or worse you're walking down the road. There is no fork in the road, but there's some baubles over here in the world. And temporarily, your heart is drawn away to the things of the world and you lose your satisfaction in God. And by the Holy Spirit's grace, you're awakened to that and you repent and you come back on the road and you say, oh, God, you're my only hope. I'm so sorry. Your grace is sufficient for me. So I, I do believe commandment number one, being satisfied with all that God is for us in Jesus is the foundation for all the ambiguities and wrestlings that you you folks that work in the real world out there and every day in the office there's some perplexing issue and you're just not sure how Jesus would do it. Let's just know that in all of that, in all of our stumbling forward trying to discover how you live out the second commandment, we can rest, we can come back and say, He is worthy. His grace is sufficient. I can find satisfaction and acceptance in Him and what He is, even though I stumble along imperfectly at the second level. So let me close by going back where I began. This is a radical commandment. This is a radical commandment. It cuts right to the root of pride. And here's my definition of pride again. Pride is self-love or passion for happiness corrupted and contaminated by two things. One, the unwillingness to see in God the fountain of all true and lasting joy. And two, the unwillingness to see people as the recipients of my joy in God. And these two commandments are designed by Jesus to counteract the contamination of self-love in those two ways. The first commandment directs all of our focus up to God as the fountain of life. And says, love Him, love Him, love Him. Be satisfied in Him. And the second commandment says, now your self-love has become God-love. All your longings have been satisfied in Him. Open your heart and become an ever-expanding source of joy to other people. Whenever you cross somebody's path on the road that has this need or that need, let yourself become a channel." Don't see them as a competitor to your own needs. See them as an opportunity of expanding grace and expanding love in your life. Because God will never let you down. God will never, ever, ever let you down. down. My God will supply all your needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Our great challenge is to get over the fearfulness and the hesitancy of putting ourselves out for others, always fearing, oh, what will be left for me tonight if I do this? What will be left for me if I spend this? What will be left for me if I give my heart away one more time? God says, I'll be left for you. Let's pray. Oh God in heaven, it is radical... It is contrary to my nature in myself. It is a miracle. Father, we anticipate walking with you out of this service. Your friendliness is precious to us. Your infinite self-replenishing goodness is precious to us. Our self-seeking has become God-seeking. And now we're ready Help us to love others as we have and do in you. Love ourselves. In Jesus' name.